Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Stuck inside staring at those same dreary walls? Brighten up a room with a fresh coat of paint. If you don't want to leave the windows open to air out the toxic paint fumes, here's great news. Non-toxic paint supply offers non-toxic, zero VOC paint. It performs as well as the toxic stuff, and you can keep the windows closed. Find much more than paint at nontoxicpaintsupply.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. I have such an exciting guest for you guys today. Um, His name is Jack Canfield. He is the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, which I know almost everybody in the world knows about. He has a new book out called The Success Principle, How You Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, which is very exciting. And Jack, are you there? I am. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to GBK. I'm so excited to have you. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about your new book? Because I'm I'm really excited about this. Well, the new book is actually the 10th anniversary revised and totally updated version of uh, the book I produced in 2005. And it's got 67 principles of success. I interviewed 75 of the most successful people in North America. Wow. And then what's really exciting about the book that's different from the first book is that now all the stories, instead of being from the most famous people, are everyday people who read the first book who now have created outrageous success in their life. Everyone from a contractor in Canada who's doubled his income every year since reading the book, uh, Miriam Laundrie, a woman who was a housewife who decided she wanted to have a children's book. She wrote a book and actually got a Guinness Book World Record for having 100,000 children all be read the same book on the same day. Wow. A 25-year-old Canadian girl named Natalie Peace who started a local juice franchise, and she basically sold this franchise for more than any other uh, or, you know, company within that franchise system because she applied the success principles, and all the kids that worked there, high school and college kids, she taught them. So all the parents in town wanted their kids to work there because they were getting like a little MBA in success while they were working for it. <laughs> It goes on and on. Heather O'Brien Walker, who was literally in a hospital in a coma for a while, she had a severe brain injury. Mm. Brain injury. Said she'd never walk again, mm-hmm. never be able to work again. Her fiance read her a chapter of my book every day while she was in the hospital. She got out and walked down the aisle. They said she'd never walk again. Okay, I'm so gonna it's cry. So exciting to have just normal people have these extraordinary breakthroughs reading the book. Well, that's the thing. I have to say, um, when when Megan and I first were talking about GBK and, and, you know, what my desire was, is I said, you know, we always hear um, all these you know, shows from the masters. And, and you would be one of those people, I would think, because you're so inspiring to so many hundreds of thousands of people. But what about people who take those principles? And, and to me, I feel like I know... All throughout my life, I know masters, people who are extraordinary in their own right, just going out there every day and shining their light. And that, and that book that you've written 
and that inspires so many people to be their best is the best way that we can help the earth, help humanity. That's it's really a profound way of raising vibrations. It is. I'm I'm so excited. I mean, this book in, in its original form sold uh, close to seven hundred thousand copies in twenty seven wow. languages around the world. And I was just in Tehran in Iran, and I was doing a workshop over there, and this kid was 15, had driven 250 miles with his parents to come take this day-long seminar because he'd read the book in Farsi, which I didn't even know our book was in Farsi because they don't mm. uh, honor international copyright law in Iran. And to know that it's changing lives everywhere around the planet. Um, there's a guy named Elvin Slew wrote me a letter. He was in prison in, in China for two years. His wife bribed one of the guards to give him a copy of my book. He read it every day, taught all the other prisoners when he got out, he launched two successful restaurants. He's got an international uh, real estate portfolio right now. And he's, um, you know, doing really, really well. And he said, it's all because of your book, which I studied every day in prison. It's the only thing that got me through. Wow. So it's exciting to know that we can put words to paper. You can put sounds to this, um, you know, broadcast. And that we can change literally millions of lives. Yes. And that is the goal. That's the desire is to help people really find who they are and how to express that in the most positive way on earth. Absolutely. So, and I love your title because um, I mentioned to you off air that I wrote a solo show, You Can Get There From Here. Mm -hmm. Because when I was kind of putting these stories together and I thought, you know, people are always saying, well, you can't, at least to me, people would always say, well, you can't do that, Kristen. Well, you can't get there. Well, that's not possible. And my husband and I talked about that, and he said, gosh, you know, you never let anyone tell you what you can't do. And I thought, it's really important that people see you can get there from here, even if here, and a lot of my show is about that, is enormous adversity and fear. But then how do you move out of that? And how is it all um, intermingling and intertwined and how it all comes together at the end as helping you in a situation you would have never thought that you're going to pull from all of these situations of adversity to get you through this one thing. No, it's, it's so true. I mean, one of my favorite stories that I put in the book, I mean, I don't want people to think this book is only stories. There are 67 practical mm. principles and strategies and activities you need to do to be successful. But I was over in Manila in the Philippines doing a workshop, and this guy interviewed me. And I said at the end, that is a great interview. I, God, you're amazing. And he said, I said, how long have you been doing this? He said, you're my first interview. <laughs> and I said, John, that's ridiculous. He was interviewing for a local newspaper at this book signing I was doing. And I said, what's your story? Well, he had lost his job. His fiance had left him. He was basically homeless. He was couch surfing with friends, you know, sleeping in their apartments. Mm-hmm. I said, how much money do you have, John? He says, $3.28. Mm. I gave him a $20 bill. I bought him a copy of my book from the bookstore we were in, because I didn't even have one of my own there in the, in the Philippines. I said, read this book. It will change your life. So I come back two years later to the Philippines. In walks this guy to my seminar in a blue blazer with a gold emblem on it, nine guys behind him with the same color <laughs> shirt on with the emblem on it, his entourage, if you will. And I said, are you the guy that interviewed me? He says, yeah. I said, you look different. He said, I am. I said, what's your story? He said, well, now I'm the number one motivational speaker in the Philippines. I have my own TV show, my own radio show. I have a house in a city and a condo at the beach. I've got, um, you know, made a million this year, and I get six to eight hundred people at all my work one-day workshops. 
and uh, it's all because of your book. And I said, really? He said, I decided my life sucked. Yours was great. You're a multimillionaire. You're traveling. You're healthy. You're married. You're all this good stuff. And he said, I decided I'm going to do every single principle in your book for one year. And if it doesn't work, I'll have wasted a year. If it does, maybe I can be as successful as Jack Canfield. And I think he may be the only person on the planet who put every single principle and technique in that book into action. But here he was two years later. He went from having $2.38 to making over a million a year. Wow. So we know, I don't care where you start. Right. You can be living in a ghetto. You could have mm-hmm. a mental disorder. You could be depressed, lying in bed. You can get there from there. Yes. I 100% agree with you. And that, that was that was what my message was with that show. And um, And I think it's the message that's really important that people understand that. So here you are. Okay, you're this amazing inspiration to the world. What what do you do when you get down or when you come up against your own adversity? Because, frankly, we all have adversity. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how what would you say to everyone out there, this is what I do? Well, I think there are a number of things you do. Number one, I always... You know, I meditate regularly, but sometimes mm-hmm. I don't, and then <laughs> bad things happen, and then it's like, oh, I better meditate some more. So, <laughs> just, so, just so you know, Jack, that um, that's a mantra on the show, and people are probably out there going, oh, did she pay him to talk about meditation? <laughs> because no. I talk about it a lot. No, I teach it. I have a chapter in my book called Inquire Within and so forth. And, you know, people often ask me, what's your secret to success? And I say, well, it's meditation, mastermind groups listening to my inner guidance and always be willing to take action, mm. respond to feedback and never give up. But the point is that I, I will go inside and learn to, you know, we have to learn how to self-soothe ourselves. That's Our right. emotions aren't overrunning us when we get upset or we have a setback or a failure or we get divorced or we find out we have a catastrophic illness or whatever. We have to go inside and relax ourselves for starters right. so we can get our energy back up into the prefrontal cortex of our brain, which is where our ability to make rational decisions and respond to you know, spiritual inspiration. When we're in fear, which is where most people go when something bad happens, you're back in the amygdala, which is in the middle of the limbic brain, which is what your dog has. And basically, you know, it's a fight or flight situation. So right. that's one of the things I do. Second, I reach out to friends. I think we all need to surround ourselves with as many positive people that we possibly can. And when we're in trouble, we need to reach out. And uh, if you're alone and you don't have people to reach out to, then you've got to go and find some organization, whether it's a church or a you know, personal development group or whether it's online, a chat, you know, go listen to a couple uplifting TED Talks. You know, do whatever you can to get yourself out of this. I'm a victim. It's not going to work. Everything's terrible mindset. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is to say, well, here I am in this miserable state, whatever it might be, depression, illness, poverty. Where do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And then say, okay, what would I have to do to get there? And this is where you can read books. You can listen to programs like yours. You can hire a coach. You can talk to friends. But you have to begin to develop an action plan. What right. would make sense to get from here to there? And if you have no idea, ask people who are over there who are in the same situation you're in now at some point in your life. Or, again, you can read a book, etc. And you get into the sphere of influence of positive thoughts. So you get a sense of where to go. Then you've got to take action. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love this. I was talking to a woman the other day who was extremely, extremely uh, sad. She was one of the mothers 
of the kids who was killed in Newtown at the uh, mm-hmm. massacre that happened at the elementary school. Yes. And she said, she said, you can't think your way out of bed because she was just in bed for like weeks, just miserable and depressed. She said, you have to act your way out of bed. That's you right. You simply have to stand up and get out of bed. That's right. There's so, a there's a saying: move a muscle, change a thought. And we cannot think ourselves into right action. We have to move ourselves, and our brain will follow. Absolutely, absolutely. So I totally agree with that. And um, so those are some of the things I would do anyway. In terms of, you know, I've been through a, a really terrible divorce about 17 years ago, and I was resentful. I was angry. I was sad. I felt messed over mm. both by the legal system and my ex-wife. Right. And it took me about a month to finally give that up and realize that something I teach is every negative event has within it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. That's right. And so I had to remind myself that I teach that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting that you said it took you a month um, because (laughs) I I don't know if you realize that that's still a short amount of time to get over a huge resentment like divorce. I have a friend who was so brave and and left an abusive, uh, emotionally abusive situation and three years later was still intermingled with all of that anger and I said why even bother get divorced you're still living with that guy get done with it you've done this amazingly brave thing and gone off on your own and with three kids and you know he didn't know where you were going to make a living to to give yourself a better life yet you're still intertwined with all of that mess that you left behind and she she hadn't it hadn't occurred to her that that's what she was doing and as soon as I pointed it out to her she was like oh and she literally started moving a muscle changing a thought going to a gym doing this you know and if you saw a picture of her a year ago and a picture of her today She's an entirely different person, and the way I look at her is I said, your real inside self is now showing on the outside because you're so beautiful. It's all shining outward, and it's not that that wasn't there before, but it was all confused with resentment and fear, Mm -hmm. Um, and I love what you said about self-soothing. I taught my kids a long time ago, and they they thought it was just like a bedtime game. And I I did this whole cloud meditation with them about being in the cloud and relaxing parts of their body and letting go of um, scary thoughts. And my son is 16, and he called me. He came into my room a week ago and said, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm having having a hard time sleeping. So I went in. I said, I'll be right in. I sat on his bed. I said, what are you thinking about? And he said, well, I don't really know. I went, well, no, you do know. What are you thinking about? And he said, I'm thinking about um, utter loneliness and um, malicious intent. And I was like, wow, but that's, a, that's some pretty deep things to be thinking about. But what we ended up talking about was when you have that fantastic imagination you need to change the story. You know, so he's got the story that he's building up and building up and building up from these two thoughts. And I said, how can you change that? So if you're thinking about utter loneliness, what's the opposite of that? And now you tell yourself those stories. Tell you, show yourself around with your friends. I mean, he, he's got great friends. So what's it like to hang out with your buddies? And what's it like to be at school with your buddies? And what's it like to be with your girlfriend? 
So take your mind there. But only, And what I explained to him is the, the cloud meditation that I did for you and your sister when you were young was to teach you how to do this on your own. And, and he was like, oh, you know, I, I'd forgotten all about the cloud. I'm like, right, the cloud is your friend. I told you, the cloud is your friend forever. So you can always go into that cloud, and that's your safe space. And you go into the cloud and start thinking good thoughts and turn it around. I think we get into this space where we forget we have absolute control over our minds. Totally. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I teach that there's only three things we can control in life. That's our thoughts the images that we have in our mind, mm-hmm. and our behavior, mm-hmm. what we say and do. Right. And if, you're not, if something's not working, you're feeling less than happy, right. then you just have to look. Do I need to change my thoughts? Do I need to change the pictures I'm holding in my head? Or do I need to change my actions? Mm. And basically, that's it. You know, I, I teach a formula in the first chapter of the book called 100, Take 100 respons- 100% Responsibility for Your Life. And there's a formula in there that says E plus R equals O. Events plus your response to those events equals outcome. <sighs> and what people complain about when they go to therapy or see a counselor or go to a workshop is the outcome. Right. I wait, I have no money, I'm depressed, I'm lonely, whatever. Now, that's the result of how you've responded to an mm. event called life. Right. And the only responses you can control are your thoughts, your pictures, and your mind, and, and, and your um, behavior. That's right. And so, literally, teaching your son that technique. I, I introduced my son when he was 16. For his Christmas present, I bought him the usual stuff, toys, and, and, and you know, uh, helped him buy a car and nice clothes and all that. And I took him out to my office, and I said, I want to teach, I want to give you another gift. And I taught him how to do something called the Sedona Method, which is a way to release negative thoughts and feelings. And it takes about 10 minutes to learn how to do it. And at, at the end of the Christmas vacation, I said, so Christopher, what was your favorite present? He said, when you taught me how to relax my mind, mm. how to let go of negative feelings. That is so valuable. I can use that the rest of my life. That's right. And it's so sad. We don't teach people in school, Chris. We don't teach them how to do this stuff. No. Nobody got divorced because they didn't memorize the five causes of the Civil War. Nobody, <laughs> you know, nobody gets depressed because they can't do a math problem. It's all this stuff that we need, like how to engage and monitor our emotions, how to right. create relationships that work, how to deal with our negative thoughts, how to deal with our inner critic. These are the things that ought to be taught. These you live with all your life. And so, unfortunately, people have to go to books and seminars and radio shows and TED Talks you know, to learn all this. But at least you and I are doing that. Right. It's very interesting that you say what they don't teach in school because I had a recent situation at my kid's school where um, they brought in this incredible speaker, but uh, the speaker churred up serious emotion in the middle school kids. And um, talking about being different and what it's like to feel less than and be um, and prejudice and what it's like to be the odd person out. And of course, you know, in middle school, these kids are feeling that exact way times one million. Mm-hmm. So, but what they didn't do was how did the how what they didn't do was they they didn't have in place how to help the kids who are really sensitive um, deal with their emotions afterward. Mm -hmm. And I, frankly, was appalled because all of a sudden they had a slew of kids, my daughter being one of them, with deep emotions about what they experienced. And and she is a sensitive kid who's, um, who's 
very much opposed to racism and singling people out and popularity, and she's very much an independent-minded child. But it left people like her with these big emotions, and the school had no way of handling it, and some of the kids just bottomed out. And then then the school handled it in a way that was also appalling. And I thought, oh, my God, you're kidding me. You bring this guy in who who churns up these emotions in these kids who are already at the height of emotional discord because their hormones and everything that's happening. And then you left them there to handle it on their own. You didn't say, Hey, let's have a talk about this or let's draw our feelings out or let's, let's do a mini play about this. How did that make you feel? And what would you change about how those, how those characters that that man brought to us, what would you change about that? I was astonished. So, like, the school's only throwing out half the equation. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I used to be a school teacher. That's how I got into all this work. I was a high school teacher, and I got motivated to teach my kids how to be motivated rather than just teach history. Because my <laughs> students weren't. They were all black inner-city kids. Right. And one of the techniques I discovered along the way that would have been perfect in this school situation, I'm just going to share it so anyone listening can do this in your family, you can do it in a company, you can do it at church, you can do it in school. And that is to have what we call a heart talk, where mm. everybody sits in a circle. If there's a classroom of 32, you divide them up into four groups of eight. And there's an object that you hold. We, all, we have these beanbag hearts that we use. You could use a baseball. It doesn't matter. But some object that everybody can see, and only the person holding the object can talk. And then what we did as preventive work, every day the kids had a new topic, something I'm afraid of, my favorite thing to do, what I do when I feel lonely, uh, a time when I wanted to meet someone, I didn't know what to say. All these emotionally charged issues, but they would then talk about it. Everyone, you, you, you hold the heart, you talk as long as you want, you pass it to the left, they, the next person talks. You're not allowed to interrupt anybody. Whatever's said in the circle stays confidential, and you can talk. I remember when the space shuttle uh, blew up with the teacher, Sally Ride, in it. Yes. And the kids all across America were watching that because it was a teacher. And some teachers just turned off the TV and said, okay, go back to your math lesson. Ugh. When they should have said, okay, let's talk about your feelings. Right. And just that simple technique, it doesn't require you to be a counselor or a therapist or anything. It just allows kids to express their feelings and be heard. And then when they hear other kids expressing their feelings and being heard, they don't feel like they're the only one. Well, I think that's that the key. Together, and we're much more like than we are different. So that's right. That's the key. Tools like that can be used at home, at work, in the schools, and we we ought to be teaching more of that. Unfortunately, we're not. Well, we are. We need to be teaching that actually, like you said, in the world because it's interesting. I had a I had a a really upsetting situation happen, and I went to um, several of my friends, Megan being one of them, who are also parents, and I was surrounded with such love and support and non-judgment that I could then work through the situation that I was dealing with and not feel, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm the, all the, you know, all the negative self-talk. None of that stuff came in. And, um, and I felt, oh, what would I have done if I didn't have a, another person who at least had had children or have children in the same situation to talk to? I, w- I would have I would have bottomed out, mm-hmm. and and I think it's really important that we do recognize that we are more similar than we are different. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think it's true. You know, in my book, The Success Principles, uh, we have a number of techniques that have to do with to having accountability partners, having support groups. You know, success is a team sport. The idea that you have to have people you can turn to in a situation like you just talked about. And to build those relationships. Unfortunately, most people don't take time to really work on their relationships any more than they take time to work on their business. They're, they're so busy being busy, mm. they don't spend time developing. And, you know, one of the things that's really critical, and I'm sure you've heard this and probably said it, you know, no one on their deathbed ever says, I wish I'd worked more. That's they always right. say, I wish I'd spent more time with my family, with right. my friends, with my mother, with my kids, whatever. Right. And relationship is the most important thing. And even though my book is focused on success, it talks about all kinds of success. But even in business, most people don't have mentors. They don't have coaches. They don't mm -hmm. have people they can turn to. Mm -hmm. uh, a board of, I, I say everyone should have a board of directors. It's like <laughs> a company. People that you can turn to for someone that's a financial expert, someone that's a relationships expert, someone that might be a parenting expert, someone that's an expert on emotions and spiritual growth, so that you have people in your life that you can always turn to when you need that level of support you talk about. Right, because we can't all be perfect at everything. So just like even like the President of the United States has all of these people that the President goes to who are experts, we're hoping, on things in in other countries or different aspects of the law or because we can't know everything. And also it gives you a community because I think having a community of people that you can count on and go to and help each and then you help each other with issues and support and friendship, it it goes a long way in reminding us that we are not alone. Mm -hmm. That is so key to having success in, in any aspect of your life is to remember you are not alone. No, it's true. I mean, I have a Facebook page. With, I think I have like 600,000 fans or something insane like that. <laughs> but I go in there wonderful. every day and like, you know, anywhere from five to 700 people post things. Right. And they re everyone reads everyone else's posts and finds out, you know, okay, here's what we're thinking. Here's what's going on. Here's a resource for that. Uh, you know, so basically, uh, there are online communities. There are communities of people that you know and that you can call on the phone. There are people in your church, temple, synagogue, mosque, right. whatever. We need to really nurture those relationships. I always tell people, you should have your, who are your top twenty people that you, and then nurture those relationships. Call them once a month. Send them an article on something you think they might be interested in. You know, get on a conference call, Skype each other, do a Google Hangout. Um, it's really critical. And one of the principles I teach in the book, The Success Principles, is drop out of the ain't it awful club, meaning don't spend a lot of time with people who are negative and, and, That's and right. not positive. You've got to nurture those people in your life that uplift you, not the people that are criticizing you, telling you you're no good, etc. My, my first job in this world was working for Debbie Clement Stone, who was a multimillionaire worth $600 million. And the First question he asked me after he asked me, do I take 100% responsibility for my life? And he gave me a long lecture on that because my answer was wrong. He then said, list all the people you spend time with. Put a plus or a minus next to their name. Do they uplift you? Plus, if they take you down, uh, a minus. And my mother's name had a minus sign next to it. I mm. said, no, what do I do? He said, minimal time. Now, family members, minimal time. You know, Christmas, Easter, that kind of thing. But drop the people that are not your family members. Don't spend time with them. And then... Find more pluses. Keep building that plus list until you get overwhelmed to get so many friends and 
people that want to be with me now, I don't even have time for them all. But I'm constantly surrounded by people that are dreamers, that believe anything's possible, and that uh, you know support each other and nurture each other. Wow, that's incredible. And uh, with that, we have to say goodbye to you, Jack. I wish I could have more and more and more and more time with you. <laughs> and hopefully you'll come back to GBK because there's so much more to share with people. But I, I so want to thank you for your wisdom and your inspiration and your time. And um, I'm personally very excited for your new book, and I know my audience is going to be as well. Well, thank you very much for having me. People can go to thesuccessprinciplesbook.com and order the book through that and get a whole bunch of extra bonuses and turn the first two chapters of the book downloaded before you even get it. Great. Become business planner. Uh, there's a how to create a life significance uh, video training and also an audio session. So it's all free if you buy the book through the successfulbook.com. And I'll make sure that that um, is linked onto my blog so people can just click right on that and get to where they need to go. Well, thanks so much, Kristen. Oh, thank you, Jack. Thank you for coming. I so appreciate it. My pleasure. It's always nice to talk to a kindred spirit. <laughs> Same, exactly. Yes. Okay, everybody out there, you've got lots of great stuff to think about and an amazing book to add to your library and add to your life. And remember that wherever you are, you can move forward from there. Okay? And I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristen.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us. Let us know so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided. <laughs>